Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's your favorite Canadian son, Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? Petey, we are fresh off what I would only call a dream weekend for me. Yeah, I mean, that's everything that uh, a wrestler or an aspiring wrestler or anybody aspiring to be in the business uh, that's what it was all about this past weekend uh, in Windsor. So, yeah, it, it was it was great. I mean, all all good things came from that. We will talk a lot about this dream weekend. Kid us not. This is what the majority of the podcast is. is. But also in this podcast, we are going to do our top five favorite um, factions. Factions. Stables, if you will. Stave, there we go. Stables. We're doing our top five favorites. We're also talking the Impact TV tapings. We're going to announce the autograph winner here in just seconds. At the end of this podcast, we will play the Desmond Xavier interview, the definitive interview on who his best friend is, Petey Williams or Dennis Farrell. Uh, and I, I'm not going to give any hints right now of who he picks. Um, I, I'm not going to allude to like the, if he picked me or, or you. Um, everybody just has to find out who he ends up picking at the very end. Can right we, now, like at, before the interview, he was leaning on your side. During this whole Twitter battle, he was your friend. Didn't follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's where we're at right now before the interview. Can, can we at least spoil a little of the interview and just talk about... Oh, why the, would you want to spoil it? Just, just talk about beforehand when he came up to you and you proposed him coming onto the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because it was funny because you had told me you went up to him and asked him to come on. And he goes to you, uh, what is this best friend stuff all about? <laughs> so, yeah, he, he, he didn't know the whole uh, – I mean, he, he was in the middle of, uh, you know, kind of playfully you and I having a war over who's his best friend. I, I want to say I, I, I didn't care. Um, but I, I felt like it was more you, Dennis. Like you're like this guy's my best friend. You know, I I have this one guy on you. He follows me. He doesn't follow you on Twitter. He's my best friend, and it just kind of like tailspun out of control. And that's where he was like, "What, what are we doing with this?" Because when you had tweeted something prior to the uh, you know impact tape, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna finally find out who's Desmond Xavier's best friend." And he was like, "What is this? What what's going on right now?" Like he was t- totally thrown off guard. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's where we're at with it. We're also going to talk about Impact joining the Jericho Cruz, Eli Drake, and a couple news and notes from the SmackDown tapings this week. We, you know, you and I will talk a little WWE here and there, but we do not get heavily into it just because everybody else talks about it. it. It's just not us. We talk wrestling. Should we go ahead and announce the autograph winner or should we just start talking about the Impact tapings? Um, you know what? Let's uh, talk about the impact tapings. After every, m- m- sub- you want to do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I feel like after every subject, now I'm going to ask you: Should we announce the impact or the uh, autograph winners? And you will say, "No, let's just wait again until we can push it to the very end to make sure yep. whoever it is is still listening." You're on to me. And then we're going to say at the very end, "All right, guys. You know, well, that wraps up this week. Oh, oh we forgot to do the yeah. That's what's going to happen." So. <laughs> Let's start with the TV tapings, which I was blown away. You got there before me uh, after a little bit of getting lost at St. Clair College in uh, Windsor, Ontario. 
we hook up, we walk backstage, and immediately my mind's blown because I, I've been to television stations. I, I've never been to a television taping of a wrestling event. I, you know, not counting Raw because you're in the crowd, you're you're not part of the show or in the backstage. I, the closest I might have come was WCW when they were taping at Center Stage, which is where you know the small little venue they used to tape at in Atlanta. I was there with Boy Scouts and they took us for a tour, but I was like seven, and I you know Sting and Lex Luger shows up together. I get my hand shaken by Lex Luger, and I'm like. I'm never watching this hand ever again. And you still haven't, so that's good. Um, but uh, no, so St. Clair College, so just just so you know, uh, I, I graduated from that college. That's my hometown, all that kind of stuff. They even had uh, for our VIP packages, um, for the people that, that purchased those, uh, Ross Foreman, our PR guy, he had set up uh, one of the nights was like a trivia night, and one of the questions was like, what did you know, Petey Williams graduate with from this very college you know and all that kind of stuff so um but just so you know when i went there you know now i'm kind of dating myself but it was probably oh i don't know 15 years ago uh right right around that i mean that you said you got lost in that campus before it was like that building we were in like that was the main one that's all there was the dorms weren't set up the big sports complex they have now was not set up uh, the I, I don't know if the mechanical automotive center. I mean, it's it's a huge campus now, so you can get lost. Um, so when you said, "Hey, man, am I in the right spot?" I'm like, "How do you get lost in this campus?" But I'm thinking, like, "Oh, it's so big now. Uh, of course you can." But you found your way, and then uh, yeah, and then that's when that's when you you pretty much met everybody and all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you want to carry on the story from there, I was blown away. I I tell oh. the story. I told a little bit of the story about the catering to uh, James Ellsworth on the Tuesday night podcast. He yelled at me because I said, first night, catering was amazing. Second night, I wasn't a big fan. And he took offense to that, like, you're eating free food and you, you know. And yeah. Like, Dude, pump your brakes. I cannot like food. It's okay. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like I said, because of catering, the, tele- the television production sucks. I'm not saying that. Just one night wasn't so good. Yeah, no, and you know, I agree with you. I wouldn't say it um, out loud because I'm grateful that uh, there was just food there. Oh, Um, oh, now you're making (laughs) me look way to go. For a second there, I thought Petey's going to have my back, and then you're like, "Eh, I'm just grateful. No, 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 no. That's that's like a wrestling rule. Like, um, you know, and you've been to independent shows with me, Dennis. So you know, there's there's no catering at independent shows, right? There's barely water. Yeah, the barely water so when you and then here's the thing before scott was well when he wasn't just running impact when he had his own company border city wrestling the standalone um it it would it was an independent show essentially and he would always have catering at his independent shows and i remember other indie workers um whether they were from like ecw or wcw wwe wherever they would come to the shows and say, wow, uh, catering at an independent show? You don't you don't hear of that. So um, kudos to Scott for always having that. And it was kind of like the same thing, like how we had the catering there. I mean, there was obviously Tim Hortons coffee and uh, like the whole trays of the you know chicken pasta, all that kind of stuff that you want, um, everything. Um, it, it was different than Orlando. Um, and I don't know why I was stuck on catering, but I, I, I loved 
the catering in Orlando um, when we were there because I think they had like full-time catering staff like serving on standby. So if something runs out, they're, they're like right there to refill it. Like it, it, it was great. Um, and, you know, in Windsor, it wasn't so much. It was kind of like a drop-off, here's all your trays kind of deal. And then we pick them up at the end of the night. Um, but it was great. Like in in Orlando, they'd have like, you know, uh, a jar full of M&Ms and a jar full of Swedish fish and a jar full, like all these candies and stuff. I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. Um, but yeah, we shouldn't get stuck on the catering. Um, that's to get us by and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the catering was good. Um, and then <laughs> the second night, you know, uh, it, it, it was okay. The, the potatoes I thought were, were good. Yes. Uh, they And they catered us twice a day too, lunch and dinner. So um, that was great. We get in there, we put our stuff down, we walk around. You give me the grand tour, which I don't want to get too much into the inside baseball about how it was set up and why it looked. But from walking around to seeing it on TV, totally different product, I got to give credit to the production crew because the way they made Impact look, it looked like a 10,000-seat arena, and they filled it up. Congratulations to them because they they turned a small venue into a big television venue. Yeah, and I mean there's no uh, – anybody that's been to a live show, even if you've been to uh, like a WWE show, you know like on the hard cam side, which is like – you know, you, you, for, for those who don't know, like the hard camera is the camera that you're always – that they're filming where they see the, the big shot of the ring. And then you see the crowd on the opposite side. That that's the hard camera. But if you're sitting next to the hard camera, you know, and you're 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 sitting opposite hard camera and you're the fan looking, it's almost like there's less fans there. But they need that for production and stuff. You know, and it's not it's not on television and stuff. So uh, they don't need to have that all filled with with fans. Um, and the same thing with us, like in any production, even when uh, Impact was running like in in bigger uh, arenas like the Palace of Auburn Hills and all that kind of stuff. You know, you kind of put. You block it out, so it looks really like there's a lot of fans on uh, on TV instead of like you know four thousand. It might look like there's ten thousand there and stuff like that, and that's just the the magic of television. But it's still like there was not an empty seat uh, in that place, right, Dennis? Not at all. It, and you did guys, from what I could gather, I might be wrong, did not have to give away any tickets, which was a win in Impact's book. Um, yeah, you know, I, I cannot, uh, I, I can't confirm that. I don't know if they've given some tickets out to, uh, you know, people that were helping, uh, sponsor the event and stuff like I'm that. Sure I don't there's know. There's a couple but, of yeah. those tickets, but not on the levels that TNA in the past had had to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. And that's why we're running like, you know, venues that only hold like, you know, maybe a thousand people or something like that. Um, because, you know, like you have that smaller vibe atmosphere. It was nothing worse. And I remember back in the day when I was with Impact, we'd run uh, house shows. And the reason why we ran house shows in like uh, big arenas, let's say like like the Palace of Auburn Hills that holds like, well, that holds like over 20,000. But um, something that's even a little bit smaller, like, like a Joe Louis Reno, even though it wasn't there. But we would hold house shows there. We would put like anywhere from like, I don't know, 2,000 to 3,000 in there. And that's a lot of people, but it was empty, you know, and it doesn't have that like that, 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 that close like vibe atmosphere and people kind of get shy when it's like kind of empty and echoey, even though you're there with thousands of other people, 
it, it still feels like it's less. So when you, you cram like a lot more people in a smaller, they just have that more intimate vibe and they end up like interacting with the show more and having a better time. And that's what it was there that the crowd was, I thought was on fire both nights and they were long tapings as well. I was kind of prepared, at least on the first night, to say, well, if there's like an extra seat or two, I may go sit out there and watch the show from there. But there wasn't. I got, yeah, which wasn't bad because I sat in the back next to Sugar Dunkington. I believe that's his name. <laughs> Sugar Dunkington, yeah. And I, Eddie Edwards. And there was another guy or two sitting around me. And I got to watch the backstage feed, which was, I mean, amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, and and here's the thing. I know people, like, we've been filming in Orlando for, well, since I started there. I mean, I, I was on the, the very first Impact show in Orlando in 2000, in June of 2004. So that was 14 years ago this month. Actually, I think it happened uh, yesterday. I think somebody it posted was, it on Twitter was, a couple of days ago. You stole 14 my years ago. I used What's stole, that? You stole my thunder because I was going to congratulate you on the anniversary of opening the first Impact show. You and Sanjay. Oh, thank you very much. And now, you know, you, you watch this Impact episode that's that's airing tonight, and Sanjay and, I are, Sanjay and I are arguing. So, I mean, it's just a full circle, I guess. Um, yeah, but we've been filming there for so long. If you watch those old uh, episodes of Impact, the fans are just, like, so into it. But, you know, uh, we, we, we killed that town, essentially. Like, we've been filming there for so long. I think we maybe traveled on the road for, like, a year or so where we, we kind of went away from Orlando, but then we're back there. And I know a lot of the fans watching our television show, they had complained because they're like, man, this is such a hot angle, but the crowd is not into it. It's because we, we you know, like we killed the town. I mean, we, we go there, it's the same, you know, people watching the same show. They're kind of desensitized, uh, so to speak. Um, so it's great when we take ourselves out of there and we're doing like the exact same product and matches and stuff. We're just doing it in front of a, a rabid crowd and it just makes a world of difference and it makes the wrestlers even want to like go out on a limb and try harder and stuff. Cause they know they're appreciated and everything. And it just on television, it's going to even look to the television audience as a better product. Like it just, they're, they're going to love it and they're going to be more into it as well. We're going to give zero spoilers about what we saw in these two days of tapings. But I will say this, the crowd was maybe the hottest crowd even even wrestlers who have been around the wrestling business for twenty plus years were was amazed at how hot this crowd was. Yeah, and even so, like, and there would be like a time or two where we might say like, oh, we're starting to lose them," but starting to lose them in Windsor would have been like, "Oh, they're rabid down here in Orlando." And I'm not bad mouthing the Orlando fans. I'm not okay. It's just that we're in an area that we don't usually run. Um, so of course it's going to be like that. Um, yeah, but I, man, I mean, you know what? It's such almost, a good atmosphere. It's almost like, it's almost like only being able to see the movie, no holds barred in Orlando every night. And then <laughs> finally you give the people in Windsor a chance to watch it and they love it because it's the first time they've seen it because only the people in Orlando and Orlando people might have loved it the first show and the second show and the third showing, but after the 20th, 30th, and 40th showing, it's no holds barred. Yeah, it's the same thing, you know, and, and, man, it was so much fun. I just wanted to be in front of that crowd, like, 
like every match, like it, it was, it was great. It was like my hometown, everything just lined up. Uh, I was just in some small segments and stuff and just had like a small little match, um, which, you know, was cool. Cause I got to be out there and, and doing what I love to do. And even at the, at the end, the last day with, uh, Grado's birthday party. Oh yeah. Um, so it was, it was Grado's birthday and, uh, you know, we brought out a cake to him and, um, did the whole singing him happy birthday stuff. I think like, like a prayer by Madonna was playing and stuff. And then there was a dance contest in the ring with, with rich Swan. You, um, you can actually see that video on Twitter. There's been a couple yeah, well, people that posted it. It's uncut. It's right. the, well, I, I'll give you the uncut version. Cause they cut it out right before it gets interesting. So like rich Swan dances, I think uh Fala may do a dance or whatever. And then they're like, Hey, we want Brian cage to dance. And that's where they shut off the camera, you know, because Brian Cage is the big monster. You don't want to see our big monster dancing. But Brian Cage is like, he, he's a super athlete. He's a huge bodybuilder monster, but he's also can do like backflips and stuff like a cruiserweight, which is phenomenal to me. So uh, I believe like Grado did a spin and Rooney. And then we got the crowd like to egg on Brian Cage. I don't even think he wanted to do it. And then he did his spin and Rooney and the place came unglued. And then... Uh, afterwards, you know, Grado does his whole selfie and stuff like that. And then I, I, I think I turned to, to somebody and I said, Hey, is, is he not going to be eating this cake? Like, you know, I, I think it's a rule in professional wrestling where if it's a, uh, a wrestler's birthday and they bring out a cake, the, the cake's going in somebody's face. Right. Right. Dennis, you, you would think so. But at this point, yeah. I'm in the back, the cameras are off and all I could hear is, you know, like a simple prayer. And, you know, and all of a sudden the crowd goes, wah, you know, and we're all kind of looking at each other in the back. Like nobody knows who I am, but they're all like, what just happened? I'm like, I'm looking at the same screen you are. And, you know, we're looking around trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, Grado comes back wearing cake. You come back with cake. Someone pulls you aside. You get a little talking to yeah uh you know so you know whatever i gotta pay for a dry cleaning bill of the ring and stuff i mean that that stuff was a mess to get off um which is fine i knew that was gonna happen i knew i was gonna get some heat for it but you know what at this point in my career i was just having so much fun there is nothing you could have done to talk me out of putting that cake in grado's face i mean it just the fans wanted it you know i i started off i think that he had like i don't know like a dozen candles on there and I just turn and I start picking them off one by one, throwing them in the air. And you could just see the fans like, Oh, he's getting that cake. And Grado had no idea it was coming. None. And when I had him eat it, I thought we were done. And then, um, you know, we go in there and just to break a little bit of kayfabe and wrestling, Grado calls me back in and it's so loud in the arena. Nobody could hear us talking in the ring. And me and Grado are face to face kind of laughing. And he goes, Petey, can I give you a stunner? And I'm like, um, Grado, we're in Canada. And he's like, I don't care. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So he kicks me, gives me a stunner. Place comes unglued and slowly turns into like, wait a second. You just gave Petey the stunner. But it was all in good fun and stuff. I didn't. It, 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 I got up and walked out after a minute or so. So, uh, man, I mean, there's nothing that you could have said or done or told me that said that I, I couldn't throw that cake into Grado's face. I mean, that's. 
that was another like thing on my checklist, my to-do list before I retire from wrestling is to cake somebody, um, you know, during their birthday in a professional wrestling ring. Uh, yeah, I'll pay for the dry cleaning bill or the laundry or, or whatever the case may be. Did Grado have anything to say to you backstage? Because I didn't. He came yeah. back and went straight back to the locker room. You got pulled aside for a second, and then I lost you. So I don't know if you and Grado was like, what were you thinking, mate? No, so the first thing I said was because uh, none, none of this was planned. And then sometimes the best things in wrestling aren't planned. They just happen organically. You feel the crowd. And, you know, if this was like a planned segment, the crowd probably wouldn't have been into it. But they, I mean, Dennis, you heard them. They were on their feet. They were like clapping. it. They weren't ready to go home. The cameras were already off. Everything was done. Uh, you know, they weren't ready to go home. They really weren't. So, uh, you know, he comes back. And as soon as he comes back, I said, great, oh, man. I said, I'm sorry. He goes, no, man, it's all good. I'm like, it's great. And I'm glad he said that. Like, he wasn't upset. Um, you know, I had some cake on me, too, and stuff. And it was all in good fun. Like, he loved it. Let's, I think everybody loved it. Let's talk a little bit about before that. Uh, as you give me the tour, I sit down. I don't really remember yep. because you you produced a segment that night. or you agent? Agent. Oh, well, yeah, whatever you want to call it. A, a, a match. You had a VIP signing to do, which I did not go with yeah. you. Uh, stood down the rig. I don't remember too much. You disappeared for a few minutes. I know the majority of the second day, which we'll get to, you were you were gone a lot because uh, you and another wrestler were in the ring, you know, working out your match. The first day, yeah. The first day, as you are working on the segment, which was a, I believe it was a not a not a rosemary, but an alley. Uh, Sue Young, and she has all her bridesmaids, and just to put it, like, so, uh, the bridesmaids, you know, they're not, um, uh, you know, contracted talent or anything, you know, you kind of meet them for the first time, don't know uh, their abilities, if they're able, if they're they're good or not, so you you make sure you walk through, you know, it's probably their first time on television, too, so even though they don't have much to do, they're probably super nervous, Um, and you just want to make sure everything goes smooth and stuff, and you, you walk through it with camera shots and stuff you do a little bit more thorough than you would normally do um in in normal segments which by the way i get it now because at first i'm like all right you know they walk down and they do their thing what why take so much time and then one of the ladies asked because you're like all right you guys will uh in the segment get physical and one of the ladies like do i get physical uh as a zombie bridesmaid or do i get physical as who i am in real life can i use my real life moves and you're like no zombie yeah yeah so and that's the thing like and i'm glad because when i walk through this stuff you know in my mind when i'm relaying this message i'm like saying yeah you're gonna do this this and this i don't know visually what they're visualizing in their head so when they ask questions like that i don't think that's a stupid question I'm glad she asked that so that I don't come to her later and say, what were you thinking? I could say something like, like, so we don't have to worry about that. So she, you know, and then I I remember, uh, she came out for one sec. I think she had multiple segments on the show. Uh, one of the, and I said, that was good. I said, but it was too much this, that, and the other thing. Oh, okay. You know, cause it's your first time you don't practice playing a, 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 a undead bridesmaid we call them you don't you don't practice that really i mean maybe a little bit back but it's not like 
you pitched yourself being an undead bridesmaid your entire life or anything like that. So um, when I gave the feedback, okay, great. And then when she went up for the, another segment, I was like, much better, you know, like, um, and it's kind of, it's, it's so hard because you're, you're pretty much playing a zombie that can fight and uh, try that. Anybody listening, try to uh, film yourself, be, be a zombie, but also a zombie that can fight like a mixture between a walking dead and a day of the dead zombie. And good luck with that. This brings me to my question for you, Pete. And okay, many times on the earlier podcast, you've you've been very open with your with your not very interested in watching women's wrestling, especially in WWE mm-hmm. pay per views and WWE Raw and SmackDown events. That you just look, it's just not my thing. I go use the bathroom. I I go do whatever I need to do. Being involved in the – are they knockouts or, or do we still call them knockouts in Impact or are they – Yeah, I, I think I think so. I think they're still called the, the knockouts women champion or knockouts okay. champion, yes. Now that you're more hands-on in producing and agenting segments, does it draw you back in? Does your in, Has your interest changed, your interest level in the women's wrestling? Um, that, you know, that's a great question, Dennis, cause I was, you know, I, I was like, I was reflecting after I got involved in this and stuff. Uh, if it did, like I, I do, like I've always had respect for any wrestler, whether man or woman, it just, it, it's not an interest of mine. I, I guess I don't really know how to explain like, you know, the best way you, like you put it before was, you know, when the women's match comes on, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, on a pay-per-view three hours i gotta watch okay but i got stuff to do in the three hours you kind of have to pick and choose which matches you're gonna do your stuff you know especially if you're watching it live so i'm like okay women's match coming up okay i can take my shower take out my dog all that kind of stuff that's match is gonna be about 12 minutes whatever the case may be so that's the one i pick that's the one that kind of bites the bullet i guess you could say um and if i find out later on it was a great match then i'll, I'll go ahead and, and i'll watch it but to answer your question i mean um, in short, like I know Gail Kim, who's also an agent uh, and has been a knockouts champion, WWE women's champion, you know, just legend in our business. Uh, she hand like when it comes to the actual moves and stuff like that, she'll she'll handle that part. She she knows what women can do better than I can and all that kind of stuff. If it's going to look good um, when there's like a contrived layout and stuff, I'll assist with it or she'll assist me or when it comes to. I'm really into the undead bridesmaids because I like – I'm big into like how things look and how the feeling of the eeriness comes across on camera and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm more into, like the, the passion behind it and just like the, the, the feel of it. I, I love that. And that's like before they even get in the ring. you know. So, um, But yeah, I, I definitely – I like doing it. Um, and especially like, I'm a big fan of Sue Young now. Like, I'm like, this is a, this is a great character. You could do so much with it. So I'm having so much fun doing stuff with it and coming up with ideas for it. The second day for me was a lot better. Cause I think the first day was a blur. I mean, it went by so fast. We get there yeah. the second day and you introduced me to some people. Some people said hi, which was really cool. The second day I'm sitting out there. You're going through a match that you have with, with a, a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Two amazing moments in, in in my life, like outside of my kid being born or working at ESPN, that that stuff is up there. You gave me two amazing moments in my wrestling podcast podcast career, 
And one of them was the, the, the guy is kind of showing off what he's doing and how he's going to end the match. And then the conversation comes up of, all right, what are we going to call it? And, you know, I don't know if any names were really thrown out. And then I go, hey, Pete, do you mind if I, you know, give it a crack at trying to figure out what to call this? You're like, eh, yeah, I guess. That was, that was kind of your way of going, I'm really busy, but it'll give you something to do. Sit there. I, I recognize it. I got it. But I, I felt like I came back when you were done and showed you the finished research product. You were a little bit blown away. Yeah, and I pitched it to that uh, to that wrestler, and I also pitched it to Don Callis, and it seems like uh, they might actually land on one of those as the the name of a finishing move. And how cool would that be? You know, if you came up with that name and it ends up being that, like, I mean, that that'd be great. I mean, I I know if I were to name something, I'd be like, man, I you know I named that and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm proud of that. Like, you almost put like your stamp on it and stuff. Um, but that's a cool thing, Dennis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for real. It, it, it really was. Now, and I get, trust me, I recognize that you were like, ah, you know, go go for it. Just thinking, I'll show you a couple names. You'll go, oh, that's cute. And we'll all go about our business. You kept me busy. You got to do what you were doing. Yeah, no, and I, I, I appreciated it because I can look through the list. And listen, if I thought it was a horrible list, You'd have told me. I wouldn't have sh- – well, no. You, I probably wouldn't have told you because I'm a nice guy. I wouldn't have showed it to that wrestler, and I wouldn't have showed it to Don. I just wouldn't have. But instead, you know, I'm talking to him, and you're right there. When we turned it to yeah. Don, he's like, oh, let me see that list. And he grabs your phone. Oh, yeah, maybe this one will work, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean you're being heard uh, on day one or two or whatever it was, day two. <laughs> that, that was a geek-out moment. That – to have Don Callis just look at my list and go, who is one of the most amazing, nicest guys in the business. He took a couple seconds out of his busy day to shake my hand and, and, and say how you're doing, and he didn't have to do that. The second moment was you're going through this match, and you look at me and you say, hang on, let me ask my buddy. And you ask me, hey, how does this look? And then I probably should have said, looks good, PD, you know, because I'm your friend. But I, for what I don't I, want, I don't want that though. I and I know you're not going to give that to me. That's why I asked you. And I didn't. I said, "Hey, look." And I did. And I did do the. I'm just a fan. I'm throwing this out there. I'm sorry if if this is wrong. And then I said, "Why don't you do a?" And you're like, "Huh? Yeah." And you did a. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, does that look better? And you're like, yeah, it does. And then when I showed it to the powers that be, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's good. It was just a little thing in the match that I don't even know if people are going to care about. recognize. Like, oh, that was cool. But, I mean, that was that's just, you know, that, that, that's the pride and effort that I put into it. And I, uh, you know, and there was other people standing by the ring. I could have asked Wrestler A, but Wrestler A could have been like, oh, that's Petey. Just tell him it looks good. I know you're going to give me the honest opinion, Dennis. So that's why I asked you. And I, I didn't tell you this, but I wanted to save it for now. That was one of my proudest moments in, in my podcasting career. So thank you so much. You don't know how much pride in those two little things you gave me. Yeah, that No problem. It's probably because I did it in front of other people. Because now this is what's interesting. Before that, the guy I was wrestling probably was like, who, who, who's that guy sitting right? He probably had no idea who you are. Then when I asked your opinion... 
that's almost like of a stamp of approval too. Cause I know the, the, the guy wrestling, I was wrestling respects me. And he was like, wait, Petey's asking this guy, his opinion, who the heck is this guy? You know, you could be nobody, but you could be somebody, you know what I mean? And that, that's, right. what's, that's, that's, what's great. So, um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate your advice on that too. Cause if maybe if you didn't give that little, oh, I'll do this little thing instead, I might've scrapped the whole thing from the match. So. Thank you. Which was really cool, by the way. We won't say what it is. <laughs> Hopefully you guys watching in a couple of weeks will will recognize it. And then after it airs, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that situation. But listen, we're not spoiling things. There are things we want to touch on. But as the weeks go by and things unfold, then we can be a little more detailed and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to give any spoilers. We've had people... Uh, listening to this podcast before and yeah you know, it, it's not like we gave it a spoiler because it had already aired and people have posted the spoilers on the internet so it's not like i'm giving away you know like insider gossip or anything like that it's it's already been aired and we're just i'm just reiterating it and they got upset because they're they're the type of people that they want to watch don't life. read spoilers yeah they, they watch it right then and there when it happens um so we've spoiled for things in the past so we don't want to even like touch on any spoilers um just because that's not us it's not us we'll talk about it when it happens and we'll we'll tell you about uh you know what i was thinking and we'll we'll kind of relive it together i'm excited for that a couple other news not even news and notes but things that happened backstage you were gone doing something and i'm sitting there watching the television and i get this weird feeling you you know when someone's behind you and i turn around Mm. and i look up and it's Brian Cage just towering over me. And I <laughs> never felt more demasculated as a man in my life than when this big guy who's just standing there, and he bumps into me, and I turn around. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, you have to apologize to me. Like, what are you doing saying sorry to me? I'm just lucky you didn't rip my arms off and beat me with it. Yeah, that's probably what he was apologizing. He was, he was probably afraid that he, he hurt you when he just, like, bumped into you. That's what it probably was. And, and, and his words alone scared me. Like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, no. And it was less starstruck and more like, why is Brian Cage standing behind me? It's like when you say, like, uh, somebody steps on your foot. Oh, sorry for stepping on your foot. No, no, no. I'm sorry for stepping underneath your foot uh it's kind of like that with brian but um no he's a massive dude man and uh um i don't know it's weird uh i i i think this is like kind of like a steiner thing like i got along with steiner so well because i wasn't intimidated by him it seems like the bigger the guy is the less intimidated i am by them just because i don't think they're intimidated by me because you know i'm so much smaller than them that they feel like oh you know he's just playing around and he's not really a threat or anything like that. And I think that's why I get along with, with, with that, with those bigger guys, because I could just like let loose and they're probably like, man, nobody really like, you know, kind of makes fun of me or lets me have it like that ever because I'm so big. What's this guy doing? He's so small. I could snap him like a twig, but I, I think that's why I get along with him. And, you know, I poke fun at Brian and stuff and, uh, and he kind of laughs it off just kind of like Steiner does. Cause he's probably thinking like, this guy's a jokester. You know, I could probably kill him with, with just, my pinky <laughs> that's how i felt so i i know exactly yeah, yeah. who else was back there uh, eli drake walks by by the way is still one of the most uh, 
this guy demands attention when he walks into a room. Like, I can't say enough awesome things with him. I, I just I want to say this out loud because I think I said this to you on the podcast a few days ago, and I believe I said this to you then. Impact Wrestling is stupid if they can't find anything for him. To me, Eli Drake is the kind of guy, and I look, I don't know a lot about him before Impact, but where he is now and what he's doing he can carry impact on his shoulders if given the opportunity. I, I believe he has. So I'm hoping that impact keeps him around, figures out what to do with him because he is just, he's too cool for school, man. I, I can't tell you enough amazing things uh, about this guy. I'm, I, I'll shut up now. Yeah, no, I, and I, I was there every time he would walk in the room. And I, if I happen to be next to you, he's like, man, he's so cool, man. Man, I, I hate Eli. He's so cool. Like, but you don't really hate him. Like, just like you right. know, you're like, man, why is he so cool? Like, like that kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's like and I'm like, yeah, fun. he's a he's a cool dude. I agree with you, Dennis. Like, and and back when uh, you know uh, Alberta got suspended from the company back in like August when I first started there, they gave him the their heavyweight title because they know like like he he's got it. Like if if I was having and I've said this before, if I had a wrestling promotion, you know, Eli's like. Uh, super good-looking dude. He's got a great build. He's super athletic for as big that he is. Uh, a phenomenal talker on the mic. Um, you know, and, like I mean, what more else do you want? Like, and he's very professional. I've worked him before. I love the match that I had with Eli Drake. It's super professional to work with. Like, listen to all my ideas. He wasn't like, hey, I'm, I'm the world champion, so you got to listen to me. It was like, hey, Eli, this is what I want to do. And I, I, I came up, and, yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Okay, perfect. You think about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, great. Awesome. I mean, all good things. And, you know, uh, I, I think he made a huge name for himself at Impact. Um, you know, and there's no secret. I, I don't know when his contract's up or anything, but there's, you know, there's rumors, his contract's up, all that kind of stuff, whatever, whatever. You know, it doesn't mean that he's not going to resign, but it also doesn't mean that he's going to resign. And that's what's great about pro wrestling right now, because now, okay, now, as cool as Eli is, what's happening with all the fans? They know his contract's up. Now they're even paying more attention to him to see what's going to happen. So this is great. Even behind the scenes, like people are interested in seeing what he's going to do or what impact's going to do or what's going to happen. This is this is great. Who else was backstage other than – oh, you know what? I was – other than Brian Cage, which, you know, massively intimidate me, and Eli Drake, who is cool, one guy walks into the room, right, and everybody's head turns, and you see and understand the respect he demands. And I tell you what, when Conan walked into the room, I I, I felt – and I don't mean this in a bad way, but the air go out of the room like <gasps> – it's it's Conan, you know. I was I was blown away. You were we were in the middle of the production meeting. I'm just sitting there. I don't you don't use the word we as in like I was part of it. I'm just tagging. yeah. You were, you were you were you know hanging out with my daughter and I stuff. I was babysitting. Because, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was. Babys- <laughs> you weren't babysitting. You were hanging out. She could take care of herself. But okay. For for to make the story sound cooler, I was babysitting Petey's kid during the production. No, meeting. if you if you want to make it sound cool, we were sitting in the production meeting. Uh, yeah. That's how you make it sound cool. Conan walks in, and now he looks at me, and he's trying to find a chair. 
I'm not supposed to be there. I get it and understand. So I immediately I'm like, uh, Mr. Conan, take my chair. You know, <laughs> Mr. Conan. I love you call him Mr. Conan. <laughs> I did. Mr. K Dog or something. <laughs> Sir, like I didn't know what to call him, you know. Yeah. And you told me later that he is very rooted in old wrestling traditions. Like, if he yes. would have known that I was a friend, he I'm not saying he would pitch a fit, but he probably would have been like, he doesn't deserve to be back here. This is wrestlers only. He'll well, put- that that would have been back. He wouldn't do that nowadays because the business has changed so much. It seems like everybody and their mother is backstage. Right. But back when he started, you know, and coming up and saw this kind of stuff, it was and that was across the board. It was only wrestlers backstage. Like if they saw uh, you or like maybe my daughter backstage, they'd be like, what's this? Is, this is backstage. This is not for wrestlers. And probably wouldn't even have gotten to Conan. Like nobody would even let them in through the doors to go backstage. So um, he, he's adapted to it's just how it is now. And, and that's why he's well, go on, Dennis, go on. So I, I offer him my chair immediately, like, and he was kind enough and turned it down and said, no, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll find another chair. You keep it. I'm, and you know, I give every excuse under the bridge. Like, Oh no, I'm, I'm just getting up anyways. You know, Cause, no, I, I'm fat. I need to get some <laughs> exercise and stand up any, any excuse you can. Right. That's right. <laughs> just, just so, you know, if anybody ever goes, Hey, did anybody not get up and give Coney in their seats? Who, who, you know, I can't be the yeah. one that says no, sir. You know, I I'm rooted in respect. I you know you respect your elders, whether it, whether a yeah. wrestling show or at an airport or on a bus. That's just how I was raised. And then being Conan and knowing that he is very he is very old school. Yes, thank you. He's very old school. And I wanted to protect myself from just not going, you know, I go into a, a room to sit down and why is it that, you know, I see four guys I've never seen before and not one of them offered me their chair. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, no, and that's, that's very smart. And I bet you're probably the only one to offer him his chair. Um, and that's good. And, and the thing is like with Conan, like when you said, when he walks in the room and demands respect and all that kind of stuff, you have to remember He's probably like one of the biggest stars to ever come out of Mexico. You know what I mean? Like he could still walk into uh, an arena in Mexico and like he gets that like Hulk Hogan in the 80s response. Like he's just he's that. And then that's why he helps book in Mexico and stuff like that. And he's the one that helps like be the liaison with bringing like Pentagon and Phoenix and all that up here. Um, So, I mean, he's man, he's got he's got the business. He understands the business. he's more in touch with like what's hip and what's like on the indies and stuff like that more than I am because he has to, cause he, he, he books and all that kind of stuff. So, um, Conan, even though, you know, he's getting older, his mind has not aged and that's the most important thing. Uh, uh, Sanjay Dutt, I got a chance to meet him. Really cool guy. Uh, There's a story there, but it's going to be told another time because another really cool moment for me, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, two insider. Got to keep. We got two insider, and you know we got to stay tuned, everybody, for another edition of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. See, we got we got to build up to the, our main event. Pretty yeah, much. there were there were a few more things that happened, which will unfold, and we can talk about later. But 
You're right. That's a perfect teaser. Let's move on. I did get to meet D'Angelo Williams, former Carolina Pittsburgh running back in the NFL. I talked to him for about 40 minutes, and that guy is nothing but salt of the earth. Yeah, D'Angelo Williams, super cool. And, you know, I'm just amazed. Like, he's obviously a professional athlete, you know, um, running back and all that kind of stuff, professional football player. But for not – and you've seen – like, you know, professional athletes yeah. try to take on professional wrestling. And you just tell, they're like, oh, they're not pro wrestlers. You, you just tell by their movements and stuff. But when D'Angelo Williams is in the ring, you know, his timing is just so good that you're like, for not being a pro wrestler, his, his timing is awesome. Like, it's just, it's, a, it's amazing that he can do that. But it's probably because he's a fan of pro wrestling. He's just not there collecting a paycheck or anything. Like, He's a fan of pro wrestling. He wants to make the product better, all that kind of stuff. And that just goes back to, you know, my theory is that the, the people that we have working for our company right now, it's not that they have to be there. They're locked into a contract, anything like that. It's because they want to be there and they want to make that product better. So I, D'Angelo Williams, yeah. I mean, and super cool, dude. So, oh, man. I've hung out. Super cool. I've hung out many Major League Baseball locker rooms, many NFL locker rooms as media, not just as a creep, okay? And (laughs) wouldn't that be great? Like, who's this guy? Anyway. Yeah. Are you media? No, I'm just the creep. No, no, man. Okay. Well, you could stay. I just like hanging out in men's locker rooms, guys. Is there anything wrong with that? (laughs) But I'm standing outside, and I don't remember what he said, but his level of wrestling knowledge threw me off immediately that I was enamored with him. Like, we talked for so long. And none of it about football. And I think he appreciated that. Yeah. That he agreed to come on to our podcast when he gets back from his family trips. Awesome. Yeah. And we look forward to, well, I look forward to speaking with him. I know, I know you do, but I'd like to pick his brain because I know even though he's, he's done some wrestling with us in the past and now and stuff, uh, I I just want to, I don't know. I just want to pick his brain more of like, you know, obviously he's rich. He doesn't need the money or anything like that. I have no idea how much he makes when he does this stuff. Um, but like, why? Why do you want to? Like, he's, he's he's retired, right? Did he retire last year or something like I that? I believe or? so. Two time Pro Bowl. I think. I think it yeah. was last year. So this is like his like. I think he wants to make this his hobby. You know, like wrestling is not like a forgiving sport at all. Either it's football. So for him to be like, yeah, let's let's go in there and like you know take some bumps or whatever. It's like. Man, good for you. Like, I mean, that that earns a lot of respect because he doesn't have to do that, you know, like at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having him on our show. Yep. Keep watching uh, Impact to see what he does. We're running long. We've got three more things I really want to bring up before we take this thing home and get to the Desmond Xavier interview. Uh, quickly, SmackDown this week did something really throwback, PD, and I, I just want to bring it up. They had a big cast interview, and it was almost the old WWE, WCW days where they had it on a side platform over by the crowd just off the entranceway. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Did they have somebody interviewing him? They did. And it, it was uh, – I forgot the lady's name, but she's holding up a mic, and then you know he kind of, after a question or two, shushes her away, and she goes off, and he goes into his promo. But, man, that really had that old-school wrestling feel that I connected with. And it's the small things like that. And I get wrestling needs to change. And you can't always go back to what 
was great back then. I, I understand that. But to see that really made me go, I like where SmackDown is heading. Just even the smallest things like that, I super appreciate. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, those things are good. And like, I think what they also, so they did in SmackDown for a bit, I don't even know if they still do it or if they just kind of fiddled with it for a little bit. It's like during, like, let's say, Wrestler A's um, entrance. You know, while he's making his entrance, since his entrance is like probably a minute, minute and a half long, on the little, like, picture and picture screen, they'd have him cut his promo right then and there. I remember that. Uh, you know, in the 80s, in the 80s, that was cool. You know, nowadays I find it kind of hokey, but I kind of like it because it reminds me of, like, when I was a kid watching that. And it gives him, like, a, at least 30 seconds of something like, oh, okay, that's his character. I get it now, just in case I didn't get it when he first walked out of the ring. So, um, yeah, they, they, I like when they throw in little things like that to see what sticks. Hopefully they keep doing stuff like that because, yeah, once again, I remember when, you know, they used to do their, well, we call them, like, on cameras. Um, they do it now from the announcer's desk. Like, you know, if you see the announcers, like, hey, coming up next, you know, and they have, like, wh- whoever the announcer is, the announcing team is. Um, before, if you remember, like, back when, like, Bobby Heenan and, like, Gorilla Monsoon were the commentators, they wouldn't be at the desk as they were doing it. They'd be standing up in that platform spot with a crowd behind them looking at right. the camera, you know, like, hey, this is what's coming up. So that that was their on-camera. So I like stuff like that. Do you? How do you feel about the uh, selfie interviews that wrestlers in WWE are doing? Because I don't hate them. I only hate it when they throw the big words on the screen, like I'm an idiot or something. I I get yeah. that they need to do I, something or they feel like they need to do something to make that pop. But I can sit there and watch a 30-second selfie and not have to have words pop up. Because when you start throwing words up, and my biggest problem with WWE right now is it's just overproduced. It's the most, it's the top of the line, the top top of the mountain produced stuff. There's there's no arguing that, but it's just overproduced. It's okay to step, take a step back and say, sure, we can do it like this because we have all the money in the world, but let's bring down the production value a little bit and make it feel a little bit more real. Yeah, I mean, they can do that or make it overly produced, like you said. I think sometimes they just try things to see if they stick because you never know. Like, you don't know if something's going to stick unless you try it. You never know, like, what's going to get over and stuff. Something might get over. They keep doing it. The fans really connect with it. And there's a, there's so many things. doesn't matter what wrestling company you're watching. There's so many things that fail. And, you know, you're like, okay, well, that didn't work. So let's, uh, you know, steer clear from that and do more of this that actually works. And the selfie things, interviews, I kind of like, like, I know I like when OBD, OBE does them on impact. Like I know Sammy Callahan will be there. He'll hold it like more up and stuff. It's usually when he's doing something dastardly, like trashing somebody's locker room or, or beating somebody up or something. And the way they have it produced, like it's a little grainy and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I like that. So there's a place for that in wrestling. I mean, as there should be like, you can't think that people like fans don't think that wrestlers aren't real people and we don't carry cell phones with us. Like, why wouldn't we have a cell phone? Like we take as many pictures as the next person. So why wouldn't we take a selfie of ourselves too? Like, it just makes sense. Right? Like, I mean, as a fan watching, that's what I would think. So, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a place for that in wrestling. Definitely. The internet's buzzing. Last topic before we name our, 
autograph winner, and we get on with the Desmond Xavier interview. The Chris Jericho Cruz thing has been blowing up. You, you know, Sammy Callahan cuts an amazing video promo. If you've not seen it, go watch it about the uh, Jericho Cruz. Jericho responds. This is, by the way, at that point, it's the second tweet. I believe Jericho retweeted an Impact tweet. Uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with him or if it was from Impact or a fan. I believe it was a fan that was like, you should go to Impact. He retweets it. Then this, he comments, hmm, interesting, where Sammy's basically like, why am I not on this cruise? After that, they're, you know, I guess they worked out the details. Sammy's going to be on the cruise. There's rumors now that you could see an Impact versus Ring of Honor card on the cruise, which is amazing. Jericho doesn't do anything by accident. He is one of the smartest men in the business. You know, we, we joke about this. But the more and more this happens, do you feel like the more and more you could see Jericho pop in from a one-off on Impact? He's not under contract with with the WWE, although he has said when he does some stuff, he'll clear with WWE. And he did give WWE a chance to go on this cruise, and they turned it down, which gives him carte blanche to do whatever he wants. But, boy, seems like Jericho's getting an awful chummy here with Impact. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, before I would have said, like, um, no, that would never happen. But, dude, right now, I just, wrestling is so weird in a good way now. Like, Kurt Angle mentioned TNA on WWE TV. Like, I'm like, real, like, are, are you serious right now? I'm like, before, like, somebody would have got fired if they did that, like, back in, like, 2004 through whatever. But now it seems like it's okay. It's almost like we have this big playground. And it's almost like we all learned how to kind of not play together, but like, hey, I got this spot on the playground. You got that spot on the playground. We're not going to take each other's turf over. But we all can kind of like play in the same field. That That's what it feels like now. So to answer your question, I mean, I, okay, I don't know the answer. Like I don't, I don't know any insider we, or what's happening or anything. All we're doing but, is speculating. Yeah, all I'm doing is speculating. I'm like, hey, I would not be surprised anymore of anything in wrestling. Like, nothing. Like, they're showing impact footage on WWE Network now. They're advertising on the WWE Network, like, our, our global wrestling, you know, network stuff. Uh, I just don't know anymore. Like, I, I don't know. It's almost like we can all play together now uh, on good terms. And that's that's great for wrestling fans. Um, because it's always been about competing with each other and the fans like that, you know, they liked that before, but you saw what happened with competition. WWE ended up taking over everything. So, Hey, how about we all play together and everybody wins. I love that, man. Like what's like, it's uh, the rest of the world's fighting each other, but in pro wrestling world, we're all getting along. What would be, and I will give you my point of view as a fan, but as a wrestler, if you show up one day and Chris Jericho is hanging out backstage at an Impact TV taping, whether he plans to go on TV or not, what does that do for the Impact brand from your point of view as a wrestler? Oh, it'll be huge. I mean, Jericho, I mean, look at when he wrestled Kenny Omega in New Japan. It brought all eyes there, right? Um, and, and, you know, Kenny Omega's a big star and stuff like that, but people were, like, so shocked. Um, so if he shows up on, uh, on Impact, even if it's for a one-off, that's huge. I mean, he's a former 
multiple time world champion holds the record for most intercontinental title reigns uh has his own cruises going on like he's a huge star and a fellow canadian so i mean um i just would say i would not be surprised as a fan i think it adds legit legitimacy to a product that oftentimes still gets bashed for its past management uh, faux pas. Let's, we'll put it like that. There have been a regime in place before Impact, between TNA and where Impact is now, that made a lot of mistakes. Did some good, made a lot of mistakes. The new Impact now is still paying the price, even though, as you said on many podcasts, Scott Demore is out there mending fences, bringing new product in, working different things that have never been seen before, especially in Impact. But yet, still gets knocked for that past, uh, you know, regime. You bring Chris Jericho in, whether he's on TV or even just hanging out backstage as a fan. If I hear that, the product goes from ah, yeah TNA to holy cow. Impact's back to where it was because at one point Impact was clear cut number two, positioning themselves to challenge the WWE for a short time in the in you know maybe the new Monday Night Wars whatever you were going to call it but they were positioning themselves to be the number two company. It didn't work out as we know now, but to hear that Jericho is is there, I think adds instant legitimacy and, and puts you guys from. You know, maybe it'd be Ring of Honor, then New Japan, then Impact to Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Yeah, I mean, however you want to look at it like that. Um, you got to remember, like, other big stars we've had in Impact, um, you know, a lot of the times they were, like, they weren't as hot as Jericho is now. Like, Jericho is still the hottest he's ever been, like, showing up places and all that kind of stuff. So that, that would be, a like, a hot you know, acquisition, if we had, you know, Jericho, even if it was for a one-off or whatever the case may be on our, uh, on our show, definitely. Like when you look at like Hulk Hogan and Sting and stuff like that, they, they, you know, they weren't in their, their hottest prime day or anything like that. And I, I think that Jericho, you know, even though he's been around for a long time, he's still like, you know, very, very legit. And people listen to him like he's got his own, you know, Jericho podcast and all that kind of stuff. So, um, man, it would be huge. I mean, I'm not, I'm obviously not getting my hopes up. It could just be like, oh yeah, okay. You guys, we are, you know, the cruise thing, we'll just leave it at that. But I just use never in wrestling, man. I just, you know, I, I would like it as a fan. If I was a fan watching, I would like it as a wrestler working for this company. I would like it. All right. I'd love it. All right, PD. Do we want to announce the autograph winner or do we want to go to a top five favorite all time factions? Uh, let's just uh, quickly do the top five all-time factions, and I'll do the autograph one. I love where your head is. Petey, <laughs> in no order, what is your number five? Okay, in no order. Uh, first, I'll give, before I do the order, or order uh, I'll give an audible mention to uh, Impact Wrestling's Team Canada, uh, probably my favorite faction I've ever been in. Wow, uh, myself, wow. Bobby Roode, A1. Um, Eric Young, Johnny Devine. Well, it was either Johnny Devine or A1. They were interchangeable because of injuries and stuff. And then Coach Scott Demore. So probably, uh, probably one of my favorites. But other than that, I would say in uh, 
Well, I would say like my one and two would be uh, no, no, obviously if, Degeneration X and, if, and NWO. If, I'm not giving a particular order. Okay. But I would say I would I would put these up to the top two just because uh, DX and NWO, what they did for pro wrestling and stuff in the Attitude Era, it was just like, man, they're back and forth. The NWO was so hot in WCW. W, DX was uh, – you know, so hot in WWE and they, they could still come back tomorrow and be on raw if they wanted to with a couple of guys that they have. So, um, yeah, those say, I would say one and two, um, obviously the four horsemen. I mean, they're, they're like Ric Flair, two time hall of famer. Uh, I would say definitely them. They're high on my list. Uh, the heart foundation being Canadian, uh, they, they started that whole, like, you know, with Bret Hart and stuff being the baby face in Canada, he was booed out of the building in the U.S. As soon as they go across the border, um, he's like super over baby face. And, you know, I still live by that because, you know, you've seen it, Dennis. When I'm in Canada, it's people like, oh, Petey, you know. And when I'm in the U.S., even though I'm playing a baby face, it's like, yeah, Petey's here. But I've always played a bad guy in the U.S. So, I mean, I, I kind of feel that, and that's where I kind of base my character off of. And then – uh you know, in modern day, the Bullet Club. I mean, they're probably the, one of the most popular factions without being like on WWE, WCW, like a North American uh, television, pretty much. So th- those guys are killing it, and they don't even have that machine behind them. So there's my five right there. Would you be shocked if I told you we only have one name in common on our list? No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, growing up, I was watching WWE and you watch WCW, so that does not surprise me. You probably have a, a bunch that I didn't even think of. Number one, the fabulous Freebirds. You know, even I knew, yeah. Well. I look, I'm a, I'm a Freebird slappy, and even though now the Confederate flag is off limits, back oh, then, yeah. the to see Michael P. S. Hayes come out with a face painted on his face. And, you know, it's it, it's a sign of the times because it, it's a southern crowd and the African-American people in the stands were cheering for him at that time. So he was more over than than Rover. I I to me, the Freebirds are, are always going to be number one on my list. Good, good. Number two. And I think this might shock you, but the Heenan family. Okay, I didn't, see. I never understood that as like an actual faction because it was almost like, I, I mean, I guess at one point they maybe all came together to team up on one guy, but it's almost like he just had a hand in like, oh, this guy can't talk, but he's a great wrestler. Just put you know Heenan with him and he'll talk for him. Yeah, but look at look at the wrestlers that. Oh were, yeah, Rick Rude, Rick Flair, Paul Orndorff, Mister Perfect, King Kong yeah. Bundy, Hercules, Harley Race. I mean. The Barbarian, Andre the Giant, Adrian Adonis, the Brooklyn Brawler. Don't ask me why. Uh, you know, uh, Lenny Poffo's dad, Angelo, was part of the Heenan family in the WWA days. Oh, he definitely, as a manager, he probably has the most gold. He's probably managed the most gold out of any manager in history. So, yeah, definitely. The Brain Busters, Arn and Tony. Oh, yeah. That means three out of the four horsemen we're Heenan family members. Absolutely. Absolutely. My next one, the main event mafia, which gets overlooked. Pete, you know, you had your run-ins with the main event mafia, right? 
yeah, when they first started forming, I was opposite them. Yeah, definitely. You look at, at some of the names, Kevin Nash, Booker T, Scott Hall, Christian at one point, you know, a little Samoa Joe was kind of there. But this was a group, Sting, Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. This was a group that's made of, geez, you know, Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer, but yet never gets talked about is is one of the top factions in wrestling. Yeah, that, it's probably because it didn't last. Yeah, I mean, when you have that much star power, you really can't keep them all together for that long. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of egos in there, you know, like, and they're eventually going to break up and then feud with each other, and it's a good recipe for disaster, pretty much. But yeah, that's like you have all the main event guys on one side. What do you do as a booker? You know, you know what I mean. So I think it's overlooked because there was actually I think two versions of main event mafia. Mafia, they just didn't last long enough to get that that steam behind it. Finally. Well, the Four Horsemen, by the way, is what we have in common. I won't go into it because it's the Four Horsemen, and you've already yeah. talked enough about it. But yeah. my, my last one, Raven's Flock. Growing up, oh nice. Growing yeah. up a WCW guy, there was nothing cooler than watching Raven at that time. And the and I was not an ECW guy, so I did not know anything about Raven until he showed up on WCW. I don't think even in Atlanta with the television packages we had, we got the channel ECW was on. And I was never cool enough to be friends with the tape traders. So I I missed that whole world. And between you and I, I would have been crappy at sending tapes back to people. So thank God, because my name would have probably been synonymous with, oh, that guy never sends it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, Raven's Flock was awesome. I used to love watching him in WCW too. Um, it just that, you know, um, it was just Raven. You know, you know what I mean. That's why I don't always look at him as the best stable. But uh, it was oh, man, yeah, I, I remember he was super over at one Scotty point. Scotty Riggs WCW, was man. there. Scotty Riggs. Oh yeah, boy. Uh, God, who else? Kidman. Was Kidman was Kidman was. You know, that was kind of probably at the height of what Kidman was doing. Yeah, yeah, and and shortly like that, he was a good, he was the cruiserweight that broke off under that. I think I think Perry Saturn might have been in Raven's flock. Too. He was, yes. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it it, it was good. I mean, it, it made some stars and stuff like that. And um, I, yeah, I remember watching it. I was a big fan of it too, but I was only able to pick five. So I mean, I'm sticking with my five. I'm glad ours were so different. Uh, let's talk about what we have go- coming up. You don't have any shows booked, right? No, I'm taking some time off until uh, you know we, we go back for Slammiversary, July 22nd, uh, and the TV tapings later the, uh, up in Toronto. So I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, I might pick up some bookings here and there. I I, I don't know. I don't. It, it depends. It all depends on timing, what I have going on with the family and other stuff I have going on. Um, but I will let you know if I pick something up in the, just cause I want you to travel with me and you got that sweet new car now. I might just pick something up just so we could go on a road trip. I'm, I don't know. Let's do it, man. Let's go. I, I know <laughs> yeah. someone in Ohio has been begging you to go out there. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, you, you never know, man. I mean, I, I might be up for it. You know, right now I'm feeling good. So I might be up for it. You know, maybe when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm like, I don't want to wrestle today. So who knows? We may be out in Slammiversary. Who knows? A lot of stuff to talk about in the future. That's all we'll say. Uh, Petey, 
really exciting week. I got to thank you once again. If you are a fan of, oh, wait, wait, wait. Should we promote and then announce the winner, or should we announce the winner and then promote? Let's just announce the winner. We've been dragging it on for like an hour now. So, Are, are you sure? I, we can drag yeah. it on for a few more minutes, right? Um, <laughs> we still have the Desmond Xavier interview. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. L- 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 let's give it away. The winner of this week, by the way, we gave away our first one on the James Ellsworth Show. Congratulations to whoever won that. This week, Mason Bagshaw is the winner of this week's picture. You get your choice of a P.D. Williams or a James Ellsworth autographed picture. Remember, if you want to have a chance to win this picture, all you have to go do is iTunes, rate five stars, subscribe, leave a comment, take a snapshot, email it to us. You're automatically thrown in the pot. But I hear you out there saying, but Dennis and Petey, I don't have iTunes. I don't have iTunes. I I knew you were going to say that because people are saying that. So what do we do, Dennis? Well, we don't discriminate. Shout it from a rooftop. You go to wherever you are on social media, Twitter, uh, MySpace, PeoplePC, Friendster, uh, LinkedIn, Grinder. I don't care where you are and tell people about the podcast and then just email us and tell us you did it. That we trust you. We're on the trust factor with you guys and you're automatically <laughs> okay. entered. Now, if you listen to the podcast on a different app and you can rate or subscribe, eh, do that, please. Thank you. You know, go over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. And that's what we're going to do for you is give you a chance to win some autographed pictures. I don't know any other podcasts doing that, PD. Uh, not that I am aware of. Uh, they'll probably start to follow trend now. So uh, we're the first ones to do it. Yeah, Call it. we win. Uh, by the way, head over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can leave a question there. Send it to us. We'll answer it. Uh, whether it's for this show or the Dugcast with James Ellsworth each week, go over. That's all the links to wherever the podcast, if you want to take it with us, are. Petey, you and I, we talked to Desmond Xavier. We're going to drop that interview in two seconds. Uh, we were in a hallway, so it's a little echoey, but guess what? It was probably one of the coolest interviews. Desmond Xavier is one cool cat. I My best friend. Yeah, we'll see about that. And it, it it was cool. Everybody that we brought up for those interviews are like, "Wow, nice setup." Even though it was a hallway, it was a nice looking hallway, and he had a really nice setup. I was very impressed. It looked very professional. That's the first time you even saw Josh, it. even Josh Matthews looks. At, it's like, "Wow, what's this setup here?" You know, we were recording at the time, so he had to be quiet. But you could you could see it in his eyes. He was impressed. I I thank you. I thought so too, but I didn't want to say that loud. <laughs> All right, guys, the Desmond Xavier interview is next. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. That's this week's podcast. Petey, I'm excited here on the Wrestling Perspective podcast. We are finally going to put to end the debate from episode one till now that has been plaguing us. Are you ready for this? You know, I don't know if it's going to actually put an end end to the debate do you think think it will hide it i I think this is going to heat it up a little bit but let's let's introduce him right now desmond xavier (laughs) hello everyone how are you all what's going on thank you so much i feel great being here this is awesome a little backstory from it would probably be episode one or two we watched you wrestle and from there it kind of came into the podcast about who you would like better and then i tried to convince you not to friend him on twitter 
which have you friended him on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, have you? Are we? Well, it's not friends. Do you follow me on Twitter? I know I follow you. Please say no because our friendship hinges on the fact that you two don't have one. Yeah, look, at, he's, he, he, he doesn't, doesn't know. He's stuck in between us right no. now. No, I no do one. not follow Petey. Oh, yes. oh And you won't, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay. As time goes by, from the match that we have had, out of mutual respect, I have hovered my finger <laughs> over that follow button many times, but I do distinctly remember our interactions on Twitter. About not following about him. About not following him. So I've kind of gone back and forth about this. I don't blame you. I mean, he's an okay person to like. <laughs> But for funry, funsies, I guess we would say, you can't follow him. You shouldn't follow him. It's a thing now. Like, you guys could turn this into a impact storyline. Where he doesn't follow me. Where he I, yeah, and you're the special guest referee. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. See, I, right now, I feel weird because I'm in between the two of you. Mommy and Daddy's fighting. I know what you yeah. mean. And then the, sh- the cards are just going to be rotated around. Eventually, Peter's is going to get mad about something. This is what's going to happen. And going to be to something between us. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. He's going to follow me. No, and then we, you're gonna, no I'm, I'm telling you. He's no. going to follow me. You're going to say something on, on Twitter, and then he's going to unfollow me. Then he's going to follow me. And follow, I, I, that's what's going to happen. As long as I stay out of Roseanne Bar territory, I think <laughs> oh, we have man. a lifelong Ooh. friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Did, it's too, too soon, or is it okay? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's uh, too soon. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your wrestling, because as we said, we were blown away. Even before PD came back, we were talking about how you've impressed us. And it shows that the company has put, kind of put their head on their hat on your head at times. How exciting is that? And what was your background getting here? Um, this is a amazing mm-hmm. feeling to be here, honestly, because I, I honestly started watching TNA when it first came around. When they were doing the Wednesday shows and they were doing the small little infomercials on for their pay-per-views and things like that, and I was hooked from there. So for me to be in the company alone is a dream come true. Now, how old were you when, like in 2004-ish? I'm not allowed to You're discuss my age. Okay, all right. Because for some reason, people can't find my age online. Oh, this really? is good. This, this is, is a good. Hard, this is a question that a lot of people have, and I refuse to let it out there. Oh, so so you don't let – it's not like you're under some court order. No, no. no. Okay. I refuse to let – I see, I'm – I like to be a little bit of a man of mystery. Uh, you are. You gotta. Much. You gotta. You gotta have some barriers okay. that makes people want just a little bit more. What got you into wrestling? Um, oh, my father. Actually, okay. uh, I used to watch wrestling with him uh, growing up, and it started out with WCW. And uh, thank that you. Was, oh, he's the WCW guy. Yeah, I was the WWE okay, guy. See, okay, all right. There, I, I was. Okay. First, what the first that I first time that I ever really watched wrestling mm-hmm. was WWF. Huge Ultimate Warrior fan, of course. And then I started watch actually watching wrestling, and then I started seeing the cruiserweights, and then that is where I was a fan. I was watching it every Monday night, mm-hmm. making sure that I was seeing every single thing that was going on. And then once I started getting introduced to international wrestling, like uh, wrestling from Japan and England. That's what started making me want to actually get into this. One of the questions we like to ask wrestlers, which you're our fourth interview now. We've had uh, James oh, here Ellsworth. Comes. Here comes, here comes. No, 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 no. This oh, is, is this a new one? This okay, is go a ahead. new one. Go on. We've had James Ellsworth on, mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I guess you beat Bischoff now, so you're our next in line guest. What is the evolution of your character from start to finish? The Where do you see 
the Desmond character going or where do you want it to go? I feel that the direction of wrestling right now is leading more towards a extremely athletic direction. Um, and in order for you to separate yourself from the other athletic individuals out there, you have to find a style that's your own, your mm. niche. And where I'm at right now, I'm on a bit of a life journey, if you kind of want to think mm -hmm. about it that way. Yep. Um, I don't know if you guys are Street Fighter fans. A little bit. Yeah. I'm, Ryu. I'm the nerd. Yeah. Okay. Ryu travels the world. He fights the best so that he can become the best and that's how i feel that i'm doing my doing with my company uh with my character character right now where i'm immersing myself in mexico so that i can learn lucha libre nice. i'm going over to england so that i can learn more of the catch style and and interact with people in a different way going over to japan so that i can phone, uh, hone in my strikes and things like that and then being here in america is where we initially start things where that athletic style of just going out there and wowing the crowd with things that blow people's minds that is what i'm trying to combine and create into the hybrid style that i have right now who do you like better me or pd williams okay see this question keeps getting brought up we've established this before right. and i'm not quite sure how to answer this because again i am standing between the two of you within arm's reach Right. And I don't have an avenue of escape. So whatever <laughs> avenue, whatever answer that I put, I'm going to be worried about my safety. As because well, you two are both very scary individuals. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm like a sweater vest away from being Carlton. So you're pretty okay on my side. Do you have the dance? I, <laughs> Do you have the You can't be Carlton without the dance. I don't have the dance. Okay, then. We'll I, let it slide, though. Yeah, I have the worst, like, white guy dance gene. <laughs> so even, like, I can't live up to the Carlton. That's how bad I am. So, all right, well, here's the thing. I actually used to be a professional hip-hop. Dancer. Really? What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. What from, else do you from do? Middle, from middle school up until I graduated high school and joined the military, I was a hip hop dancer. And the, oh, thank you for your service. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome. But so if you want, we can set up like a hitch type thing oh where we do like a dance. Minus a kiss. Because in hitch, no, no, there was a kiss. There, at the there's, end there's, of, there's no what, need for a kiss. That's why I said minus the kiss. But what I will show you is how that you can get it down. How you can get it down. Because I have floor. to stay with it here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You, it's this is your happy space. That's the, I, <laughs> right here. Thank you. And we don't need no making pizzas. No. Nope. We don't need no Q-tips. Nope. We don't need anything nope. like that. No washing machines. No PD no Williams. Okay, see, PD can be there because I have a feeling that PD can dance. I don't know. He's Canadian, so that's even whiter than the whitest white guy. I, I, I'm, I'm not really – I have this one dance. I stole it from Tyson Dukes back when he used to do the dance. <laughs> um, and I got that down, and it's, it's entertaining when you do it in the wrestling ring. And uh, so, I mean – I can do that dance. Best dance that I remember from wrestling is the Alex Wright. Oh, that's the best. Yes, one. we tried it. Actually, we were trying to do. It. You see, you got it. It's all. It's we all in to, the the one. Mo yeah, we didn't know. Motion. We were like, does his arm go down? Which arm goes up? All that. Because he has to. He's he's letting everybody know what he has. Right. So he puts oh, that okay. bicep up there. Let's you know. Hey, I got Here. the muscle. I like. Look at the chest. Look at the abs. He was wearing trunks. Symmetry too. Look at the quads. Yep. And he had those boots on. Look at the look at the quads. The orange. Look, look really pop too. And then every single time, flex, flex. Man, that's good. Flex. He's flex. got it down. I like this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> the wrestling perspective with Desmond and Dennis. Oh, I'm already. I'm okay, see, I. Are you a I podcast guy? I, 
I'm becoming more comfortable with speaking in front of a microphone. Now. Okay. The more that I have them shoved in my face, the yeah. more I'm beginning to get a bit more comfortable well, with it. What was your first interview as a wrestler that you had to do minus, you know, for a promotion? Like you were out promoting the promotion kind of interview. Ooh. Do you remember? The first one. Yeah. Honestly, the first one where I was promoting a company was when I was in Mexico for DTU. Okay. Um, they had took us to one of the sponsors, like... Luncheon? Yeah, luncheon. Okay. And um, so we were standing We're finishing each other's sentence. I just uh, want you guys... That, that is a little bit of a connection right <laughs> yeah, there. I'm right. not going to say anything, Pete. Thank you. But... um. <laughs> We'll work on that kind of connection. We'll work on our ESPN. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it's ESP, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, while we were there, we had to speak in front of the sponsors and also their friends and family mm-hmm. about everything. So I was that that was kind of the first time I had to speak in front of another group of wrestling fans and wrestlers as well. Look, you got a match to get ready for. What do you have to promote out there? Social media, anything going on that you can talk about? I know you're very secretive. <laughs> um, a bit secretive, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm beginning to allow people to get more into my life because this Us. is my life. Us. Wrestling has completely consumed every fiber of my being, and I would not have it any other way. I know what you're thinking, and you complete me too. <laughs> you're that's the yin, going, you're right? the yin yeah. to my yang. Yes, yeah, the that's peanut it. butter to my jelly. Thank you. The syrup to my waffle, Aww. and or pancake or French toast. Am I blushing, PD, or yeah, am I just yeah, having no, a heat stroke? I don't know. It's, it's, it's warm up here, but you are blushing. Thank you. Thank um, but yeah, follow me on social media. It's very easy because uh, I'm simple as well. So uh, Desmond Xavier, Desmond with a Z, um, all one word. Twitter and Instagram. Good luck out there tonight. Thank you very much, guys.